Build in, lock in, strap in. It's the Fantasy Domination Podcast! All right, fantasy football freaks and fantasy football fanatics, we are back with another episode of the Fantasy Domination Podcast, your premium source for dynasty football and general fantasy football information and opinion and here's the thing we may be premium but we're still bringing this to you free every week as we say you give us 30 minutes we'll give you a championship wait we're doing this for free coach so far didn't sign up for that i got ex-wives to support oh anyway and that voice you this this thursday night game is just messing with my head I am the coach, your gentle co-host, and with me, as always, is my colleague, my friend for life, my fantasy football compatriot, Rusty, a man whose ex-wives wish he was a Widowmaker. Rusty, how are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm a little bit flabbergasted. The New York football giants just scored a touchdown. I was just thinking before how it was nice to have, it was nice to go back to things that are comforting that you expect to see, like Thursday night football being an absolute train wreck and terrible football. Uh, but then, yeah, they just scored. So I'm not really sure what what uh, it's throwing me for a loop a little bit here, Coach. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to say about these New York Giants right now. They're it's terrible. Hard to tell. Well, and it's it's they're terrible in part because of their talent, but also the injuries. They're playing tonight with Jay Hilleman as their leading running back. I don't know who that is, and more to the point, because he's a New York Giants injury replacement. I will not know who he is. Mm-hmm. But you've got Daniel Jones in at quarterback. He's throwing to I don't know who. Um, that guy over there. And then what's that guy lined up at tight end? I think his name is Jim. <laughs> I believe so. Yeah, it's it's, so, it's not pretty right now. Yeah, but you know what? The way Jones has been playing, not, not phenomenal, but you know he's looked like your classic rookie. But he's making some decent plays. He's missing his top tight end. He's missing his generational uh, running back. And he's missing one of his top wide receivers. You get this team out here at the end of the season with Engram, Tate, Barkley, Shepard, and Jones having those pieces to work with. I think they're going to put up some surprising numbers and maybe even help a couple of teams sneak out a fantasy win there at the end. Are we talking like... uh... Billy Volek, uh, who's that? Who's that stupid white? The, the Billy Volek, Drew Bennett, uh, nonsense from uh, like twenty years ago, whatever it was. I don't think it's good. I don't think it's going to be quite that wacky, but I think there's going to be some games at the end of the season where you might be able to put Daniel Jones in at quarterback and feel okay about it. Kind of similar to what we had with Josh Allen at the end of last year. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be winning the games, but they're going to be putting enough enough points. And the quarterback's going to be getting enough to do that he's going to get you some good fantasy yards and points. But that's later in the season. Because right now we are on the cusp of week six and officially kicked off tonight with said Giants Patriots slobber knocker. And let me ask you, Rusty, what do we call week six in dynasty fantasy football? Well, I believe you teased it a little bit at the outset there, Coach. We call this one the Widowmaker. That is right. And Rusty, why do we call this one the Widowmaker? Because at this point, you have a pretty good idea if you're going to be buy or sell a mode. After this week, 
if you're look, if you're staring down uh, no wins or you know, at very worst two wins four losses, then your season is almost finished. And if you're in a dynasty league, now's the time for you to start thinking this season's over. It's dead, and it's time to think about uh, building for the future. Absolutely. The reality is, unless you have a team that's just loaded with great young talent, if you've drafted well, if you've managed to leverage some of your your older players into picks, if you're you know if you're that team that's sitting really nice and young, you know stay the course. If you're sitting there at two and four and you've got Larry Fitzgerald on your roster, there's no reason for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we love Larry Fitzgerald, all timer, all time NFL great, all time fantasy football great, but he's not doing you anything. Because here's the secret about Dynasty Fantasy Football League. And this is worth every penny that you pay for this podcast, folks. And you know what that secret is, Rusty? It's a secret, so I don't know. All right. Here's the secret. <laughs> oh, yes, if, I know. I think I know where you're going with this one. I if you, agree. If you can't be first, be, be last. last. There is absolutely no benefit to being 6-7 and seven in your Fantasy Football League. All you're doing is you're costing yourself valuable draft placement. So it might be the difference between drafting number one or number two and drafting number six. You might, if your league sucks, you might actually sneak into the playoffs at six and seven. I've seen it happen. Mm -hmm. And then what? Well, your team still sucks. You're still middle of the pack and you've missed out on the opportunity to get an impact talent. Look at this year's draft. You know, if you needed a running back, you wanted Josh Jacobs. Otherwise, well, you got a bunch of guys who've kind of had glimmers, but are, don't look like they're performing up to par yet. Mm-hmm. Ask or the, the Buffalo year before, Bills. Well, I was going to say, ask the Buffalo Bills how years of finishing six and ten uh, worked out for them. It didn't, because the Buffalo Bills are a terrible football team, even to this day. Partly because they didn't know better than to keep losing at the end of seasons. And you know what? We're going to jump sports here for a second and go with another example. The Milwaukee Bucks, for years and years, like through the 90s and that and into the the last decade, they were perfectly content to be the eighth playoff seed, maybe the seventh playoff seed. But that was always the goal. Make the playoffs in the East. And they did, consistently. As a result, they never had the opportunity to fall low enough to get a generational player and jump themselves up better than that. Now, of course, they lucked into getting Giannis Antetokounmpo, who is, I mean, he's phenomenal. But to do that, they did have to get lucky. The guy had a massive growth spurt right after they picked him. But, you know, otherwise, they're a team that's going to keep getting that middle of the pack, middle of the pack guy. who's like, hey, who's the best white college senior this year? Congratulations, you're going to Milwaukee. <laughs> And that's why, if you can't be first, be last. I think it's what it comes down to. So that's why week six is the Widowmaker. That's why, unless you've had some bad luck and you have faith in your team, because I'll tell you this, I once finished a, started a season two and four coach, uh, and I ended up winning the championship. Uh, there were a couple of factors. Um, I may have made some quarterback mistakes that I rectified fairly quickly. Um, but that's probably more the exception than the rule. Uh, if you're, for the most part, if you're a dynasty league, unless you've had some really bad luck and you think there's a reason why you're going to rebound, like you've faced the top scoring team every week or some nonsense like that, 
it's time for you to consider mailing it in for the season and getting yourself set up for the draft and getting yourself some draft picks. Because guess what? 2020, the 2020 draft is, is, is for all scouting reports and everything we've heard, it's going to be very good. Much better than the 2019 class. Absolutely. This is going to be the wide receiver class we have been waiting for for years. There's going to be some top-notch, multiple top-notch quarterbacks coming out. And running backs, well, I mean, it's been kind of all hit and miss the last couple of years. So we'll see where we land. But, uh, yeah, this is where you want to get out. Especially if you're an old team, if you're over the hill, you know, start selling off. Because I'll be honest, for me, most of the fun that I have with fantasy football happens in August. It's about looking at your roster. It's about starting to make moves, figuring out what the strategy is. As much as it sucks to not win, which I don't know that much about, it's still pretty fun to try and tear down a successful team, rebuild it on the fly, and then bring it back to the championship, which I have done. And that is maybe one of the most satisfying fantasy football feelings of all. Absolutely. It's a move both of us have done, and we've done it with great success. Uh, so, I mean, if it's good enough for us, it's definitely good enough for you. Absolutely. All right. So, there's our advice. Stand pat if you're if you're in a good place, but don't be afraid to sell if you're not winning. Speaking of whether it's time to sell because you're not winning, let's head over to the mistake by the lake, the city that God hates. And let's revisit the Cleveland Browns. And Rusty, I want to ask you the question. Is it time to panic now? Yes. Yes, it absolutely is, Coach. <laughs> All right. And we'll be back after this. Com- no. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I don't know what this. I don't know. I, I don't know what the hell's happened this scene. A lot of people are blaming Freddie Kitchens uh, for being a terrible play caller. Um, I, it's Baker Mayfield does not look good. They, they, they can't protect him. They're not getting the ball to their playmakers. Um, they're, they're that game, uh, with San Francisco Monday night was just shocking. Oh, well, maybe San Francisco is just that good, but Cleveland is also probably just that bad because they've had not much success this season at all. They've been fairly terrible, actually. That game was in a nutshell, embarrassing. Oh, and you got, you they, got, you got Seattle coming up next, by the way. Yeah, at least they're at home for that one. Yeah. But, you know, and maybe it's just, I mean, certainly this team was the media darling in the preseason. Oh, you know, Baker Mayfield. Slobbering all over them. Baker Mayfield coming off a great rookie season. Nick Chubb looking legit. Jarvis Landry was already there. And Joku was already there. They're bringing in OBJ, which everyone conveniently forgot that OBJ is not flawless. Hmm. And what we're seeing so far is you know, is a flawed OBJ. We're seeing a Baker Mayfield who's not making the plays he did last year. Remember he was being drafted as a top five quarterback? I even top three. Hmm. He has not lived up to that expectation this year. No. So can they turn it around? I mean, there's I too think... much talent there to not do it. And and I'm going to join the chorus of folks who are saying, will you please go out and get Trent Williams from Washington? Just... For the love of God, he doesn't want to play there. Bring him there because you cannot protect Baker Mayfield's blind side. What like it's one of those who says no things, Coach. We should bring back the who says no. Trent well, Trent Williams, right? Am I got my lineman right? I, I'm, yep, I'm, Trent I'm, Williams. I'm so flabbergasted by this football game. Trent Williams traded to the Cleveland Bounds. Who says no? The the problem is 
by all accounts, Washington is saying no. Now, because they are just a god-awful franchise, you know, you've got an all-pro left tackle who admittedly does have some health and injury and reliability concerns. They could easily put him on the market, accept that your team is garbage and that you need to work on the rebuild and bring in, I mean, at least a, a first-round pick, right? Mm-hmm. So what have you got to lose by doing that? They're not going to pay Williams. He's not going to come back and play. All you're doing is just reinforcing the fact that your franchise is arguably the worst in professional sports. It's run by unaccountable bozos. And the on-field product is garbage. And their owner's a flaming idiot. Well, yeah, that goes without saying. I guess it all starts at the top, doesn't it? But now I, you, I'm reading this stuff about like everyone's you have to call him Mr. Snyder and some people aren't allowed to look him in the eye. Just like that kind of nonsense is just uh, that, that everything that tells me everything I need to know about why this team is so terrible. Absolutely. It, well, and Bruce Allen, that's all you need to know. Bruce Allen. He is the general manager there. He is the de facto owner representative there. Hmm. And he's helping guide that franchise into the toilet. A little bit further every year. Mm-hmm. My goodness. So hey, <laughs> Cleveland could be worse. <laughs> yeah, it could be worse. I mean, I mean, you could you could have um, you know Hugh Jackson back. It could be worse. <laughs> at least at least with the current Browns, there's a chance that you're going to win every week. They have enough talent that if they figure it out, they they might be okay, but that's the problem. They haven't figured it out yet. If they can just get off, you know, stop tripping over themselves, there's enough offensive uh, talent there that they should be able to do much better than they're doing. So there's hope at least, which, again, something that Cleveland's not really used to having, uh, but they got to figure it out. And this, again, is, you know, we're looking at this more from a fantasy football perspective, right? Because we're talking about the offense. The defense has had major issues as well. But when you put up three points on a Monday nighter, you know, that's that's just a shameful embarrassment. And you should even in Cleveland, you should be afraid to show your face in public. And I've been to Cleveland. I know what those people look like. By the way, I want to say hi to all our fans in Cleveland. Great to have you listening to the Fantasy Domination podcast. And we love each and every one of you. We love Cleveland, but it's just that God doesn't. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? All right. Before we cut to a break, I just want to take a moment. Speaking of people who who love us, I want to thank all of the listeners who reached out to us after last week. Really enjoyed Cuff Buddies. I think that's definitely going to be a segment What's going to be a recurring annual piece. And so thank you to all the folks who DM'd us and messaged us and emailed to say how much they wanted to be our Cuff Buddies. We appreciate it. Thank you for listening. And DMing us photos is really not necessary. What is wrong with you people? And after the break, we'll be back. Yeah, you know, I looked at through all those pictures twice, and uh, I didn't see any of our lady listeners in there. Uh, Rusty, the uh, the mics are on. We're recording. Uh, and we are back with we're, we're, we're back. two... Of this week's episode, just in time, as we enjoy another New England touchdown against the New York football giants of New Jersey, it's time for us to look ahead at the most intriguing fantasy matchups that you should be looking at this coming weekend. Rusty, 
Who have you got as the game of the week? All right. Well, didn't take long to look through it, but uh, to, you know, based upon what we saw, partly what we saw last week and also the body of work of the whole uh, game, uh, 59 star fantasy lock game of the week is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Houston Texans 4-1 and versus 3-2. and two. Uh, Kansas City has, other than last week's uh, uh, hopefully anomaly, uh, has ha- you know been lights out on offense, and we saw what Houston did last week. Uh, Deshaun Watson to Will Fuller all day long. Most of you probably had Will Fuller on your bench, I'm guessing, but it is what it is, and you're going to start him this week. He'll get you five points. Uh, but other than that, that that seems to be our offensive game of the week. And there's no the only th- I think the only thing that's going to hold potentially hold this one back is the status of uh, Patty Mahomes' ankle. Yeah, if he's good to go, I'm looking at this over under of 55. Over. And- yeah, I mean, I'd throw I'd throw everything on the over right now if if Mahomes is going to be healthy. I can see this one being one of those like forty one forty slobber knockers, you yeah. know, where we're getting just you know back and forth, just punch after punch after punch. I can see that happening with that game, and I will enjoy it. Yeah. The so start your Texans. Suspect as well, so that's just going to add to it. You're going to have to some really crappy weather. Everybody getting hurt for this one to to not be a slabonaka. Yep. So start your Texans, start your Chiefs, and enjoy the hell out of that game at one o'clock on Sunday, Eastern time zone. That's right. I don't know. <laughs> I'm in the East. What do you want? I only care about me. <laughs> I'm an East Coast elite. Oh. <laughs> it's a good thing you're on the West Coast, or else you uh, you wouldn't be able to get up to watch that uh, the, what should be exciting Carolina uh, Tampa Bay game live from London at 9:30 Eastern, 6:30 uh, 6:30 Pacific. Um, if there's one thing we know, the only thing worse than Thursday night games is Sunday morning London games. That's Absolutely, all. it is. This one's going to be interesting because. Oh, I hate this team. I really <laughs> hate the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year. Is that because of all the O.J. Howard shares you have that are not uh, working out there, Coach? I mean, I also have some Mike Evans shares that are not paying off very well this year. Basically, the only guy you want in that offense right now is Chris Godwin because they've decided that Chris Godwin is the only receiver that Jameis Winston can throw to. So frustrating. Yeah. You have Bruce Arians coming in. You're thinking everybody's going to get theirs. And, uh, well, you've got bad Jameis and good Jameis uh, doing what he's done. But it's just, I don't, they're, 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 they got guys who are potentially amazing playmakers. And other than a couple of weeks here and there, well, not in the case of O.J. Howard. He's getting nothing. Uh, I think he actually retired this uh, last week and we didn't know about it. Uh, but, yeah, I, 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 that is just, I am dumbfounded as to how that team has gone this year. So here's what's going to happen. All right. I'm pre- I'm going to call this now, and then I'm going to celebrate it later when it comes true. Tampa Bay is going to decide, you know what? O.J. Howard's not catching anything for us. We're not throwing it to him. Let's trade him and get some draft collateral. They're going to send him to the New England Patriots. The Patriots are going to send back, oh, maybe a second-round pick, or maybe it'll be like Damian Harris in a fourth-rounder, and Tampa will be like, well, we sure got the best of them on that deal. And then O.J. Howard is going to catch 80 balls the rest of the season. I can see it happening. I pray for it to happen. And I would love, love, love to see that happen for O.J. Howard. Because the guy is good. Mm -hmm. The guy deserves more than one target per game. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, you know, he's a great blocker. So in those uh, point-per-block leagues, you're probably very happy with his performance. Uh, all right, that's too depressing to talk about any further. Um, here's a dark horse pick. The, uh, the, the least expected fantasy, potential fantasy bonanza between teams with a, with a single win each. Uh, we're looking at a, a late game on Sunday, Arizona at one three and one hosting Atlanta at one and four. Um, the defenses are not great here, even though they're and they have the the opportunity to put up points. I think this could be one of those games that, on paper, if you look, the records won't be great, but I think it's going to be a fantasy another fantasy bonanza. It certainly could be because we're talking just about teams with non-existent defenses. I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, we're still waiting to see exactly what that Cardinals team is. They've been a little bit here, a little bit there. They have yet to put it together in a complete offensive way. Uh But the guys that you want to get yards or get their touches have been getting touches, not necessarily getting in the end zone, which is why the Cardinals are one, three and one. Mm -hmm. But the Falcons are just a mess. Mm -hmm. This, this team is a disaster. And they look to be pretty capped out for the foreseeable future. So I'm not sure how they expect to actually get better. But that means that Matt Ryan is just going to keep slinging the ball because they're going to be, if they're giving up 40 points every week, then load up on offensive players on the Falcons because those guys are going to be getting their touches because they're going to have to. Mm-hmm. This team's only going to win by outscoring other teams. And they aren't going to do it winning, you know, putting up 10, 13 points a week. That's what the Buffalo Bills are for. <laughs> uh, thank goodness they're on a bye this week. So, yeah, I expect that game to be uh, to if you've got guys on the, on either of those teams, this is I think this is the week that uh, hopefully they get you some dividends. Uh, if I look down the docket a little bit further, um, well, you know how we've been always been talking coach about start anybody you have against Miami. Um, yep. What? Uh, does that still apply when the opposition is the Washington professional football team? Uh, the answer is no. Hmm. Um, as we covered in the first half, uh, Washington is terrible. The franchise is an embarrassment. They are a complete joke from top to bottom. And, well, they frankly don't have that much talent on the field. So, yeah, they're not somebody you want to start against Miami. And they're not somebody I would expect. This game could be like 0-0. Zero, zero. And both teams will just give up on overtime and call it a day. <laughs> no way. T- I- I- I'm starting Terry McLaurin in a league or two. Terry, scary Terry's got to eat. I and he just eat. might do that. This, I mean, this is yeah. This is this could be the game that decides who gets the first overall pick next year in the next draft and has the choice between Tua and Herbert or maybe somebody else. You know, Cincinnati's still banging at the door there of hey, we're terrible too. But it's hard to look at this game and not see whoever whoever comes out at the losing end here is in line for that first overall draft pick. Oh, stupid Bill Callahan will run Adrian Peterson forty times for twenty seven yards because he's I don't I don't understand how coaching decisions are made. Oh wait, it's Washington. I totally get it. Yep. Um, we haven't been winning this way, so let's win, let's try to win a different way. And what way is that? Well, it's the way that worked back in the 1980s when we were last relevant. You know, San Francisco uh, and the Rams could be a sleeper game. Uh, I, I still am dumbfounded as to how San Francisco is 4-0. Uh, 
but obviously the defense is uh, helping them a lot because I don't really think it's Jimmy Garoppolo and company who uh, uh, who are helping there. But um, you know that that game could potentially be uh, give you some fans. I'm just I'm I'm not I don't know I'm, for a game with two good teams with winning records. I'm not feeling this one, Coach. I don't know what you're thinking, but you know, other than a uh, couple of touchdowns from the running backs last week. Oh, by the way, uh, all the running backs are now back for San Francisco, so good luck figuring that one out, fantasy owners. Uh, but I don't know. I'm not feeling this one. Yeah, I mean, we're, we've definitely got questions about what's going on with the, with the L.A. Rams and – how they are going to be in the long run because there's we're definitely seeing some cracks in in that team's armor mm-hmm. i mean we said it last week we'll keep saying it until we're proven wrong bill belichick didn't just beat this team in the super bowl last year he broke them yeah absolutely. but i mean there's still a lot of guys there as you say san francisco we just don't quite know what this team is yet they're undefeated they've looked good they're doing it behind like a six-man hydra of a running back committee. Is you know Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't looked fantastic for the most part. He also hasn't cost. He clearly has not cost them a game, and he's doing what he needs to do to get those wins. Matt Breida continues to be maybe the most underrated player in football. Period. Let alone fantasy football. All he does is put up starting quality running back numbers. There are some leagues where he might not even be owned. That's Those crazy. are stupid leagues, but yeah, no yeah. leagues that I'm in. But Tevin so, Coleman put up starting with the numbers last week too. So they're, they're I mean, maybe and, Cleveland's just that bad too. And in between NASCAR races, Jeff Wilson Jr. gets a couple <laughs> of TDs every week. Ah, uh, yes, the everyone's favorite future NASCAR driver. Um. Another sleeper game, a couple other games I'm looking at uh, that have some potential would be New Orleans at Jacksonville. Minshew Mania still going, uh, running semi-wild. And even with Teddy... uh, even with Teddy Bridgewater and Michael Thomas had himself a game last week. So, Well, uh, let's also point out there that when we're talking Jacksonville, it appears, according to game reports, that Jalen Ramsey still has an owie. Oh, what's what's his owie this week? Is it the birth of a child, uh, a, a sickness... Uh, Friday flew um, sand in his vagina. Do we, do we know what it is this time? Um, here's the thing. It doesn't matter <laughs> what his fake injury is. He doesn't want to play for this team. He wants to force his way out. Unless they can somehow physically force him onto the field, he's not going to bother. He's not going to get out there. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, which was great for New Orleans because he's a very good cornerback. So, that's going to make uh, life a little bit easier for New Orleans wide receivers and Teddy Bridgewater, and they're going to need it. So that could be—I think that that one has potential to be a, a pretty nice game as well. As is the Philadelphia Minnesota game uh, that we've got two three and two teams, both with uh, uh, some nice offensive weaponry. It looks like maybe uh, the the Minnesota Vikings passing game is back on track. Adam Thielen had himself a, a, an afternoon last week, did he not? That was, you know, other than Will Fuller, that was a pretty impressive performance. Yeah, we, uh, you know, we talked about the Widowmaker for fantasy teams this week. This is the Widowmaker for one of these two teams. Hmm. You know, whoever loses is is gonna, you know, it's gonna be harder getting into the playoffs. And both teams obviously want to be there. Minnesota desperately needs to make the playoffs. So if they lose this one. 
it's uh, it's going to be tough sledding. Yeah, we're in Minnesota. Uh, this one has potential shootouts. So, so this may be another one of those weeks where you're going to need to score a lot of points to get a victory in your leagues. Oh, coach, I forgot the most obvious. Uh, there's one glaring omission on my part uh, for uh, a potential uh, fantasy bonanza as well. Uh, I'm just looking here, and I don't know how I missed it. I apologize to our listeners. We've got Denver Broncos hosting in the late game the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> And with that, <laughs> I believe, uh, yes, uh, maybe it's the late night, maybe it's uh, this Thursday night game, or maybe it's just the mention of that uh, that football team uh, from Nashville. It seems like a good point to end there, Coach, unless you've got any other games that I didn't mention that uh, that you have your eye on. Um, Let me just take one more run through. I'm Yeah, I think... Baltimore I think can that's... get right, I think, against Cincinnati. Uh, for those Lamar Jackson owners out there who are a little bit concerned about his recent performances, um, this is the time to see. It's almost like a widowmaker for him for his fantasy prospects this year. If you can't get right at home against Cincinnati, then maybe, yeah, then maybe those first couple games of the season were uh, the product of some very bad opposition. All right, I'm going to throw one more game out there to discuss, and that is Cowboys versus Jets. Now, this seems like... It should be pretty much a lock for Dallas to go on the road and win this one. And I don't see a scenario in which that doesn't happen. Largely because this is the kind of team that Dak Prescott fed on early in the season. When everybody thought Dak Prescott was a $40 million a year quarterback, it's because he was beaten up on the Miami Dolphins of the world. Hmm. Put him up against a tough team. Suddenly, he came back to earth. So... Are we going to see Dak again this week? Is this going to be four touchdown Dak? You know, are they finally going to decide we need to get Ezekiel Elliott involved to lead the offense because that is how we're going to win? I'm curious to see what Jason Garrett, the clapper, decides to do as he tries to right this ship and keep the Cowboys from throwing away another season. <laughs> it's it, yeah, that that game last week was amazing, just in in terms of what the heck are you doing? Sometimes these coaches outthink themselves, and and the New York Jets are not very good. I think they, they they I think they're supposed to get Donald back, so that might help them. But they're still, yeah, they're still the they're still the New Jersey Jets. I don't think, uh, yeah, might be a good day for Dallas. Absolutely, and you know what? There's also Steelers and Chargers, but the way those teams to played this season, we're not even going to talk about that one. So, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of another fantasy domination podcast as always we welcome your feedback you can email us at fantasy domination podcast at gmail.com you can reach out to us on twitter you can reach out to us on instagram we don't post anything there but you can still reach out to us and that is at the fd pod for either one of those you can visit our website fdpodcast.com or you know just yell real loud we'll hear you because you know what? We're listening for you. We're here to help you. We want to help you not just win your fantasy football league, but what do we want to help them do, Rusty? We want to help them dominate. Absolutely. So we'll see you next week if we survive this Giants-Patriots matchup. This football High-powered game of offense and defense and also some special teams. 
And Jay Hillman. And Jay Hillman. I don't know. Hillman. There's an extra I in there. Oh, I never even noticed that. Absolutely not. Ladies and gentlemen, again, this has been a great week. We've had fun. We'll talk to you next week. And until then, the Fantasy Domination Podcast is a production of Harpoon Media. I think some of that defense in Houston, Kansas City is going to mimic what my legal defense was like in a lot of my divorce cases. Oh, thank you.